0: Jesus has this to say John 5 and verse 24 I tell you the truth whoever hears my word well that includes everybody here tonight unless and a quick look around again well done everybody's still awake at this point so you're all hearing these words So Jesus says, I tell you the truth, and he's no liar. Whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Chapter 6 and verse 63. The Spirit, says Jesus, gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. And then a great number of people leave him. And Jesus turns to the, the Twelve. Verse 67 You do not want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the Twelve. Simon Peter answered him, the Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Well, these words of Jesus Christ. You are clean because of the words I've spoken to you. Christ has given the gospel, particularly these words here in Mark chapter 10. Is it verse 45 or 46? Um, Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Behold, the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world. I'm with you on the first four points. Don't understand where Jesus Christ fits in. I'm trying my best. Stop trying. Try trusting. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you shall be saved. And in believing. We become a true branch. And that vital union takes place. Between us and the Saviour. The Lord Jesus Christ. Now the heart of I not to say tonight. Is this second point. Being a fruitful branch. How can I be a fruitful Christian? We're learning this morning about the fruit that's expected on this this branch. I am the vine, you are the branches. There are some branches that have no fruit. And the, the, the father cuts them off, they're gathered up, and they're, they're burned. They might profess, but there's no fruit. Then we examine ourselves. Is there fruit in me? This love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control patience deep down we all we all want that do i see that well i must see something of that otherwise i'm not a branch at all but maybe i'm thinking well it's not there is it ought to be there how can i be a more fruitful christian and um, there are courses that you can do there are books that you can read on the subject there are conferences that you can attend there are lots of techniques that are recommended to people, the secret to a, a fruitful Christian life, 10-part ten, ten course you can uh, maybe download or purchase off of the internet, and you get them, Your desire: I really want to be a fruitful Christian. And yet here, in this passage, we don't need to attend the conferences, or read the books, or do the courses, or put the techniques into practice. Here it is, Jesus Christ tells us how we can be fruitful as believers. And he uses this phrase ten times in eleven verses. Here it is in verse four. The key to being a fruitful Christian. And really a conference will be over in five minutes. Here it is. Remain in me, says Jesus. And I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he might bear some fruit. I just love how definite the Bible is. The Bible's never vague, so just rewind a bit because it doesn't say that. Let's, let's hear again. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear some fruit. I've got it wrong again. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And then this phrase, apart from me, you can do nothing. Remain in me. Stay close to me. Dwell in me cling to me abide in me now as an Old Testament example of this, uh, this point and you find it in Exodus chapter 33 and starting at verse 7 here's a story of Moses who would meet with God outside the camp in something called the tent of meeting so Exodus 33 and verse 7 Now, Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. It's a place where Moses met with with God. Now, whatever the Old Testament has, it, it, it certainly has what we call shadows and pictures and types. What we have is the living reality. Anything the Old Testament has is of necessity inferior to what we have. God designed, says the Hebrew writer at the end of Hebrews 11, that um, they should be blessed together with us by something better. Now it's the new covenant, the spiritual realities of the signs and types. So there was something called the tent of meeting outside the camp. Now how wonderful. I don't have to leave here now. And uh, go some distance up the road while you wait here. And I'm, I'm going to the tent of meeting. Let's say it's in the coffee room out here. And uh, you wait there till I get back. I don't know what you did with your time. But it's so wonderful, we don't live in such times. There is no little located tent of meeting. Because by the grace of God, through the work of Jesus Christ, in the power of the Spirit, we are constantly in His presence. It's a matter of apprehending that, understanding that, realizing that, And knowing that, so here's Moses, there's a tent of meeting outside of the camp. He goes on, anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. I won't go again. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent... The pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to his tent. The Lord would speak to Moses, now look at this, face to face, as a man speaks with his friend. Oh, but that was Old Testament. Yes, it was. Well, surely that's the point whatever we have is something better than that now how wonderful you might be thinking if I could go to a tent and meet with God and speak to him face to face as a man speaks with his friend but in Christ we have something superior to that but here's the point I'm coming to we haven't actually reached the point yet then Moses would return to the camp but His young assistant Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. And that's the first little snippet about Joshua that we get. Now later on he's going to be the one who takes the Israelites into the promised land. He fights the battle of Jericho and Ai and goes on to conquer uh, the land of Canaan under God. He was used mightily under the hand of God. How come he was used so mightily? Well I think this little snippet here in Exodus 33 And at the end of verse 11 is so vital. Moses spoke with God at the tent of meeting. Then he went back into the camp. But Joshua didn't leave the tent. He's somebody who was zealous to know God. And he lingered even when Moses returned to the camp. So what about us? We don't have a tent of meeting. We have the means of grace. Think about this this morning a little bit. The means whereby God's power is dispensed into our souls that we might know God and live the life divine and manifest the fruit of the Spirit. The means of grace. Now, when I was converted in Brisbane, Australia in 1976, so we're going back now, 37 years coming up, and I was 19 at the time, I heard a piece of advice the day after I was converted, which has never been bettered since. I must have heard thousands of sermons, read hundreds of books, been to dozens of conferences, but of all the sermons I've heard, all the books I've read, all the conferences I've attended, this piece of advice I was given on the day after I was converted has never been bettered since. And it's the key to everything. And when I said it, you might think, "Oh, well, that's simple. I, I, I knew that." And again, in 37 years, I have never heard a better piece of advice from any preacher or conference speaker or in any author of any book I've ever read, has never bettered or even equaled this piece of advice. I was given the debt I was converted. 37 years ago. And it was simply this. Someone sat me down and they said this. Maybe you do. And it's never been bettered since. Not in 37. All the sermons I've heard. All the research and the books and the commentaries. Now some people have written written pretty close. I think that's wonderful. But it doesn't beat this. And he wasn't a preacher. Just a, a member of the church there. Sat me down and gave me a piece of advice so profound and so wonderful, looking back I'm thinking, well, did God use that? See, I remembered it, haven't I? Or did I forget it? I remembered it. It stuck very much in my mind. And I sought, by the grace of God, to put into practice what he advised me. Those 37 years ago, and that advice has never been bettered, not even equaled. And all he said that day, 37 years ago, is simply this Make sure that every day you read your Bible and you say your prayers. That's all he said. I haven't forgotten it. I can see his face. I haven't forgotten it. By the grace of God, the Spirit took those words and he branded them on my soul, on my mind. And I'm thinking back, there were 37 years. Now, there are times when I've been pretty tired. And uh, maybe I've got to midnight, and thought, I thought, have I prayed? Maybe I, maybe I haven't read today, and I'll, I'll read something. My well, general rule is first thing in the morning, cup of coffee, sit down. What has God got to say to me? Open the Bible, read, pray, go through the day, give things to the Lord. End of the day, lay in bed, just assess things, thank Him, uh, ask His forgiveness. But uh, mainly, it's the morning. Um, just spending time with, before the day starts for me before I go out and the devil comes in to tempt time with the Lord one thing I pray every morning is for the armour of light we're in a spiritual battle Lord I pray give me the belt of truth breastplate of righteousness put my, the shoes of the gospel of peace on my feet I, I, I take the, the shield of faith the helmet of the salvation the sword of the spirit which is the word of God oh God protect me from all the wiles of the enemy I pray for my family too, to that extent and the local church as well give us the armour of light before I ever start the day I can't presume I can't presume now thinking back over 37 years I may be proved wrong in eternity it's only by the grace of God that that advice stuck in my mind I don't think a day has gone by and by his grace I haven't read the Bible and said my prayers But here's what I think the profound difficulty is with believers today. A survey was done not long ago that said that less than 20% of evangelical Christians read their Bible and say their prayers every day. Well, you don't have to look far to find out what the problem is. As I talk with uh, folks in my own fellowship, I go around as the pastor does and try and get around the congregation around once in a year or so and just chatting and how are things with, uh, with your own personal studies? Oh, well, you know, it's a busy life, Pastor. And uh, this is basic. This ought to be our native air. This is our food, our drink. If I don't pray, if I don't read His Word, what am I saying to Him? I can get by. I can get by. But Jesus says here, actually, let me tell you what you can do without me. Without me. You can do nothing of any spiritual worth. You can do lots of things, but nothing, nothing of any spiritual worth whatsoever. Because I'm the source of all. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines, the darkness, the darkness has not understood it. But we've understood, haven't we? We've come to understand it's a simple little thing what a reformation what a transformation if tonight the Lord by the spirit branded that on my soul afresh and on your soul what a transformation if you're not saved yet you'd soon come to be saved because Christ is no liar God is no liar you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart it can't be half hearted this is too important to miss out on I want to be a fruitful Christian Lord oh remain in me And I will remain in you, if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. It's one of those if-thens, it's a no-brainer. It's going to happen of necessity, using the means of grace. Just simply uh, do it. Not only the private means of grace, but the public means of grace must be used. So Sundays are precious Because here it is, it's like a, a mini conference here. What's the Lord got to say to me? What's he got to say to us as a gathered church? Now, he can do the two things together. He speaks to churches. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And he speaks to me as an individual, if I'm willing to listen to him. So I use the public means of grace. Sunday morning, if possible, I come Sunday evening. And wherever possible, I come to the midweek meeting as well. That I don't know how people go through a week without meeting with the Lord's people. Well, they don't in any meaningful way. That's why, again, we revert to type Because, says Jesus, without me, you can do nothing. If I think I can get by. Well, you know, if there wasn't a midweek meeting, the Lord would make up the difference. But since there is, and I'm saying, well, Coronation Street has got an interesting part. Well, put your Sky Plus on. Better still, don't watch it at all. Much better still. If I can be there and I'm not there, I'm saying I can get by. And he'll show us that we can't. It's part of that discipline we thought of this morning. Lord why aren't I why am I such a grumpy person why do I lose patience why can't I witness at work why am I so shy about speaking out do we use the means of grace he's giving to us remaining me and I will remain in you if a man remains in me and I in him he will bear much fruit let your light so shine before men they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven I I read this couple of years ago if you go to church once on a sunday you love your church you'd say i i belong to ladyfield evangelical church chippenham if you go once on a sunday you love your that's my church if you go twice on a sunday you love your preachers i'm going again i want to hear some some more if you go twice on a Sunday and midweek, I know there are fallacies here, but, but, but bear with it. You, you love Christ. You love Christ. I, I need him. I, I'll be wherever he's being displayed. I need him. Show assure that by being there, using the public and the private means of grace. And the fruit, let's put it this way, fruit that's produced, what is it? That's uh, Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control, all, all those things. They, they really add up to this. It's a better way to put it, I believe. What is formed in me when I use the means of grace generously is Christ-likeness. And that's the aim of the Spirit. He wants to form Christ in me. Isn't that wonderful? He wants you and me. To be like the Savior Now in some ways, we can never be like him in his divinity. He alone is uniquely divine. When as he walked on this earth, if any body represented a human being, here it is. Adam failed. Here's the second Adam, the Lord of glory himself. Oh he went around doing good, says Peter. See how kind he was. How long-suffering he was with his disciples. Do you ever get the impression that Jesus Christ was ever snappy or short tempered? Do you get the impression he was ever grumpy some days? Or rude to people? He just wasn't. And here's what the Spirit looks to do in you and me to form Christ in you and me, that there might be much sweet fruit. Now to be willfully slow and lax here in using the means of grace means that we do revert to type. There is a little fruit and it's bitter fruit. But we ought to be those. Again, it will be a short message tonight. We're coming to a a conclusion. It's been a hot day, but if we can only remember this one thing, to remain in Him. How do I remain in Him? I use generously the means of grace He's given to me. I need... With all my heart to do that. And to recognize it's all of him. I'm as good as my last quiet time. So have you had your quiet time today? Have you read the Bible and said your prayers today? Well I do it in the evening. Well make sure you do. Make sure, may the spirit burn this on your soul and on my soul. Because it's vital. Apart from me you can do nothing. Individually we can do nothing collectively, as a church, without Him, we can do not. That's why the midweek prayer meeting is so vital. Do you still have a midweek prayer meeting here? You've got a good proportion who come every week? Sorry? A proportion. a proportion. Everybody who can be here ought to be here. Not because it's your duty, well, even do it out of duty, but because you love Him. And you show your utter dependence upon Him and take Him seriously when He says... Without me, you can do nothing with him. Quite a few chairs to fill yet. Quite a few houses out there. Not pointing at you, I point at myself as well. Sunday evening in particular, quite a few pews. Loads of houses. The prayer meeting, we're about 25 to 30, the membership of 120. And I tell my congregation plainly, I think it's a disgrace. And then I get people saying, oh, uh, stop haranguing us. It's sad. What a shame you're probably no different to us but the answer to the empty pews is on our knees without me see if you fill this church on the amount of prayer you're doing now what do we learn We don't learn a great deal When are you're going to see the need without me says Jesus you can do nothing well see it's a hot evening I come to a conclusion at that point Thank you for staying with me. I think uh, for the great majority, we managed through a very hot hour. Let's uh, pray, shall we? Father, thank you for this brief reminder from your word that what we must do is remain in you. That's not a physical location anymore. It's a matter of applying and using the means of grace that you've so wonderfully given to us. There is no magical tent of, of meeting Yet there are meeting places wherever your people gather together. Wherever we open a Bible and seek to pray by ourselves. We meet with the living God. Oh help us to yearn and to long for those times. And we do pray that we will be those who prove your word to be true. That we bear much fruit. And many people are saved to the glory of your name. Amen. We're going to sing a final hymn. Is it King of My Life? It It is. There we go. King of My Life, I crown thee now. Let's stand and sing together. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever.